Well, 2.5 billion people around the world are celebrating Easter with us this morning. The question is, why do we go all the trouble? Why do we go all the trouble to create this tradition and come dressed up and be a part of church? What difference does the resurrection actually make in my life and yours? Three things. Number one, Jesus' resurrection means my past mistakes can be wiped clean. Do me a favor. I want you to lean to the person to your right or left, and I want to share with them very quickly your deepest, darkest secret. Go ahead. Do that. right. You don't want to do that, right? But we ought to, we ought to acknowledge that as people of faith, the number one requirement in order to get into church is to admit that you're a sinner, right? And the Gospels very clearly portray that in the story of the resurrection itself. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, And note her name for a second. Mary Magdalene is the very first woman mentioned that was at the resurrection. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome brought spices so they may go to anoint Jesus' body. And it tells us the rest of the story. That name, Mary Magdalene, is not her first name and not her last name. Mary Magdalene comes from a city in which she was born. But go ahead and and lean to the person next to you and tell the person next to you what city you were born in. Right? Where were you born? Now, I want you to say out loud to yourself your first name and your city. I'm Brian Columbus. Right? What What are you? When the... When the gospel writers say that Mary Magdalene was the first one at the tomb, Mark was very specifically saying that Mary, that woman from Magdala. Magdalene comes from a city, a little town actually, called Magdala, which was on the Sea of Galilee. It was a little fishing village where they dried fish there. And what Mark was saying is that she had a reputation. Now, um, uh, just a couple years ago, I was in Magdala in in Israel, and this is a picture of the synagogue that's there. And you'll notice that basically there are concrete seats in a a U. In the middle, there's a stone structure where the scrolls would be kept. And um, in this synagogue in the first century, only men would be seated Women were not allowed to be seated. They would be standing up on the outside, which is just a terrible thing. Uh, And then Mary wouldn't even be allowed to be standing up on the periphery of the seats because of her past. We know from the Gospel of Luke that Mary was someone that experienced a lot of trauma early in her life and it made her do things that she later really regretted. It says this in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And one of the towns that he visited was Magdala, this little town, where he met this woman, it says, Mary called Magdalene. 
from whom seven demons had come out. And that's Mark's way of saying, hey, nod, nod, wink, wink. This, this person was very, very broken when she came to Jesus. And Jesus loved her, accepted her, cleaned her up, and gave her a purpose in life. And the fact of the matter is, we are all Mary Magdalene in the story of the resurrection. There are probably some people here today that have done things in the past that they're not quite proud of. Maybe you didn't have seven demons inside of you and have your head spinning around like a scene from The Exorcist, but maybe you've done some things you shouldn't have. Maybe you might, you might have been into drugs. It doesn't matter. He loves you. You might be embezzling funds from your office. That doesn't matter. It's wrong. You need to fix that. But he loves you still. You might be a Dallas Cowboys fan. And <laughs> in that case, there's always Buddhism you can turn to. So. But the resurrection story tells us that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he loves you. He accepts you. And he has a resurrection that he wants you to experience. The, the word resurrection in Greek in the Bible comes from a, a beautiful word, word. And some of you have this name if you come from a Greek background. If you, have the, if you have the name Anastasia, the Greek word anastasis means to stand up, to be risen from the dead. And what happens is, is that when we become disciples of Jesus, he forgives us. And spiritually speaking, we're buried with him in the ground, Romans 6 says, and we experience an anastasis. And those of us who have been Mary Magdalene and those of us who have become the new Mary Magdalene, we know that new life can happen. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. It doesn't matter what they've done in their past. All things are new. And we celebrate that this morning. That's why for those of you who are brand new and you're on the periphery, out on the outside looking in, why are we so excited on this day? We're, because this is the day where we just celebrate the fact that we didn't have to stay the way we were. He accepted us and he changed us. Here's the second thing that happens. Jesus' resurrection means that my present problems can be managed. I don't know about you, but recently I feel like have you ever been to like a circus or a carnival and you see the plate spinner? This is the guy that has poles on the ground, right? And he'll spin a plate on top of a pole and he'll spin another plate and another plate. And the whole thing is that a plate's going to fall down. So he has to go back and spin it and then spin it and spin it and spin it. I just, man, just recently, I just like, I, I feel like all of these plates that I have to keep spinning are starting to crash, right? We all have these plates that we're spinning in our life finances and health and relationships and marriage and work and fulfillment and parenting and spirituality and expectations and roles and all of these coming together, oftentimes we feel like one by one, we pay attention to this plate and then this plate starts and I start paying attention to work and then the health plate. And then if I pay attention to the kids, then that, and it could just feel exhausting. One of my favorite authors, Chuck Swindoll, told the story about a particular season of his life when he was just constantly going. And he was at dinner one night, and he had a meeting right before dinner, and he was able to eat dinner for like literally 17 minutes I had for dinner, then I had to get on another call and that sort of thing. And his um, daughter said, Dad, I want to tell you something, and I promise I'll tell you real fast. 
And he looked over and he said, honey, you don't have to tell me real fast. Just tell me slowly. And she said, then listen slowly. Are you present right now in your life? Or is your life constantly going to start at the next point? Like right now, and this is not my life, that, that when I do this or when I'm with this person or when I'm in this city, that, that's, like, that's when my life starts. And then eventually you get to the point where you realize, my goodness, you have spent so much of your time living in the future that you, just, you lose a bunch of it. Whether it's stress or whether it's coming out of a divorce, or you're facing an illness head-on, you've lost a job, you're questioning God, you're healing from a damaged family relationship, there is a passage from the Bible I want to share with you, and it's a really cool promise. The Apostle Paul, when talking about the resurrection of Jesus, connected the resurrection to our daily life Monday through Saturday. And he said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart, which is kind of weird, you don't have eyes in your heart, but he's talking about spiritually. I pray that you would be able to discern that you know the hope to which you were called. In other words, you're not stuck. You're not stuck in this addiction. You're not stuck in this relationship which is crushing you. You're not stuck in this. I pray that you would The eyes of your hearts may may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his people. And notice this phrase. Look at it on the screen. It says this. His incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, that's actually, that's a really bad translation from the NIV. This is the preposition ice. In Greek, it says, his incomparably great power into us who believe. How many of you on Thanksgiving, you'll use a turkey baster, right? A big baster, you'll put, you know, and you'll you'll inject it right into the turkey. That's what the resurrection power is saying, is that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him from the right hand of the Father. In other words, there is not anything that you're facing right now that, number one, he doesn't know about, and number two, he can help you get through that. He can give you the strength to get through that. I very clearly remember Brian before Christ and Brian after Christ. Before Christ, anxiety ridden. After Christ, anxiety ridden. (laughs) Hasn't gone away much. But there's a difference now. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like it, it, it actually makes a difference. Like going to church is not some religious exercise where you show up, you say some words, you stand up, you sit down, you sing some songs, put some money in the plate, you leave, and then you're like, what happened? The whole point of Christianity is not the gathering. The whole point of Christianity is the living outside of the gathering. It's about the difference that the resurrection is going to make at your job tomorrow, in your relationship this afternoon, in your connection with your kids. The resurrection is about now, not the future so much. Except in the next case. Jesus' resurrection means I can be 100% confident that I will go to heaven when I die. I have a question. 
I want you to answer this honestly. Don't say it out loud, but I want you to answer this honestly. If you were to die right now, and you were to stand before God, and he was to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven, what will you say? If you say, I attended church, he will say, get away from me, I never knew you. If you said, I was a nice person, I gave money to different places, I would serve the community, he will say, get away from me, I never knew you. If he said, if you said you were a nice person, get away. I never knew you. If you said, I gave my pastor 50 yard line tickets to the Eagles. He's like, come on in. Let's go. Come on in. No, there is nothing that you're going to say that's going to get in other than saying, I heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I realized I needed Jesus to get to heaven. I made him the leader and the forgiver of my life. I was baptized. And therefore, I am pleading that through my participation in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that because Jesus was anastasis raised from the dead, I believe that you too will allow me into your heaven. And he said, right answer. My question to you is, have you done that yet? John chapter 11, 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, and that's an, act, that's an action-packed word in John. Believing in Jesus is more than just, yeah, I believe he, he was there, that sort of thing. Believing means I'm giving my life to him. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? One of the first men that I baptized here at CCV was my friend Dave. Dave um, was a irreligious guy. He loved golf. And so we became friends. And so we started golfing together. And golfing is not really the right word. We would go looking for our balls in the woods together. <laughs> and um, we just hit it off. We were good friends. And those of you who were here in the early years, you remember my friend Dave. Um, bubbly, extroverted, loved people. He was a crier. Anytime someone was going through something uh, difficult, he would come up and he would hug you. And it was just absolutely, utterly tragic when he learned that he had brain cancer. Like he's married, he has three kids, and he's just now starting to live for you. God, why? Why would you do this? So we just kept praying for him. We kept praying in all these different ways. Just a little side note. Just so you know that biblically speaking, when God, when you pray to God that he's going to heal you, sometimes he does by healing you right now. But other times he heals you by bringing you to heaven. And you're going to notice that people in the Bible were not particularly anxious about whether or not God was going to heal them in the present because they realized that, yeah, that would just honestly not be great. I don't leave my, can, my, my kids, I don't leave family and that sort of thing. But they realize, as the Apostle Paul would say, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, I'm torn. I don't know which one I would rather. Obviously, I want to continue living in the body because there's fruitful ministry that Paul would say. But honestly, 
I would love to be with Jesus right now. So I go to the hospital, Paoli Hospital, and I'm sitting next to his bedside right before he died. And I read him stories of the resurrection in the Bible. I read the story that I just read. I have friends who are chaplains in hospitals who are atheists because they didn't want to be a pastor anymore. But they still liked caring for people. So my atheist chaplain friends got jobs in hospitals and they don't believe in anything, but they will still read the scripture from the Bible to comfort people. And there is a special place in hell reserved for chaplains like this. Because if the resurrection isn't real, there is no hope. It is manufactured hope. All it is, is wishful thinking. We have a baptism service next Sunday after our second service. Where in our baptistry, those who are here today, who are willing to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their lives, we're going to baptize you. And it's a pretty meaningful ceremony. But all it means is you're just going to wear shorts and a t-shirt. And we're going to have the opportunity to ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you repent of your sins? And are you willing now to make this confession before all of the people here? It's going to be after the service, so there won't be that many people here. And then we'll take you, as Jesus instructed, and lower you down into the water and to raise you up. That image is anastasis, resurrection. That everything that you were, everything that you've done, everything that causes shame in your life is left in the grave. And as the Apostle Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, in Greek, kainokatesis, new person, and you're raised a new person. And so for those of you who want to be able to be, know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if God would allow you to go into his heaven, that the answer is yes, we want you on our church app to hit the button that says get baptized. Sign up, and we'll do that next week. Why is that important? Because as I'm reading resurrection stories to my friend Dave, the last thing I said to him, as I leaned over and I whispered in his ear, I said, we'll see you on the other side, brother. I love you. I'm going to see you on the other side. Wait for me. Heavenly Father, we're so incredibly thankful for Jesus' resurrection. Validation that he was not some religious kooky leader. Validation that he has the power to also raise us from the grave. And while at times we're not even thinking about death, as the Stoics tell us, we ought to memento mori. We ought to remember death every day because it's coming for us all. That we ought to remember that being born also comes with a 100% guarantee that we're going to die. But that in Christ, in you, making you our leader and forgiver, you raise us from the dead. And for that, we rejoice and we're thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.